0: College loan debt is the blight on America. College loan debt now in the United States of America totals $1.75 trillion for a college education where only 46% of those who graduate work in their field of study. And if these young 18 to 22-year-olds who are taking on this debt and taking out student loans at the current rate, if this continues, the student loan blight in the United States will be $6.4 trillion in the next 10 years by 2032. This debt is enslaving the last couple of generations of Americans, forcing young adults to delay marriage and home ownership and not allowing senior citizens to retire because of the burden of student loans that need to be repaid. We have got to stop this enslaving of the next generation of young adults into the trap of this student loan debt. And the lie that getting a costly college degree with no plan before they enter college or what they will do with their degree once they happen to finish college will result in a very dangerous and enslaving lifestyle for most of their adult lives. College debt is a blight on our nation and a curse that keeps on giving to the next generation of college kids that enter colleges and four-year universities every year with no plan on how they're going to pay back the debt. Proverbs 22 7 says, The borrower is slave to the lender. And Andrew Jackson, the seventh president of the United States, said, When you get in debt, you become a slave. everybody. I'm Janice Christensen, and this is The Tangled Angle. Here on this podcast, we address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in politics, government, and American history, and I spent 16 years in the halls of the Washington State Legislature supporting my husband, Dan Christensen, who is in the House of Representatives. Now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I've learned and experienced, along with some historical context of where we are on the timeline of history. Is college really worth it? This is a question that needs to be asked, and the answer of the why a young man or woman is going to enter the college system needs to be addressed. I would argue that teenagers and young adults do not fully understand the weight and the seriousness of taking on tens of thousands of dollars in debt at such a young age and the burden and work it's going to take to pay it back. We have got to stop assuming high school graduates will go to college without a strong sense of direction and a defined purpose of why they're going there. Just to wander into college, which costs on average about $25,000 per year, meaning room, board, tuition, and all the expenses that it'll take to get through that first year and so on, is a very costly way to grow up or find out what someone's interests may be or to go to college to figure out what you want to do in life or any of the other lame excuses where young adults go to college with and where mom and dad often send them with no plan, no strategy or goal of what these kids are going to do with the rest of their lives After they spend the next four years aimlessly wandering while racking up debt for themselves, possibly getting a degree that has any earning potential or earning power, and often their parents send them there to just aimlessly wander with no plan. Statistics show that 56% of those entering college will not finish in four years. So that's even more debt. The universities enjoy this long stay, collecting more tuition, more housing dollars, and other fees from the students, driving the student loan debt even higher. And only 40% of those who get bachelor's degrees from a four-year university complete this degree in four years or less. And only 60% of men and women who start college finish to get that degree. So 40% of them drop out and don't make it to graduation. And of the 60% of those who do finish, 40% of them say their degree wasn't worth it because of the debt or because they are not working in the field that their degree was in, or they didn't learn enough real world skills to use once they got out of college. So 40% of all college graduates, these are the ones who even graduate, say that getting that college diploma was not worth it. According to the New York Post, they did a survey called a one-poll survey on behalf of Texas Tech University. And in this survey that that one-poll survey did, only 44% of respondents said they want to try college again, not because they disliked their first experience, but because they didn't learn enough vital life skills, such as banking or time management. So 44% of them said that wasn't, they didn't learn what they were hoping to learn, real life skills. And I would argue that a college degree or the over $100,000 spent to go to college is not necessary to learn banking or time management. To learn these skills, you could just do it on YouTube. YouTube would be an effective place to go, and it's free. Well, of course, you need a computer and electronic device to get to YouTube, but Googling it on the internet, you can learn a lot of real-life skills without requiring tens of thousands of dollars of debt. Of course, if someone wants a finance degree, there are many ways to pay for this without racking up, on average, $29,000 in student loan debt by the time they graduate. And also, according to the New York Post, these references I'm citing are not conservative news outlets. The New York Post also says, of those surveyed, 42% 42% are interested in learning new skill sets, and 39% want to change their career path. So they're trying to figure out what they want to do after they get to college, in the meanwhile, racking up debt and changing their minds. So thousands of dollars of debt was accumulated to learn a skill set, of which I would argue probably wasn't that useful since only 46% of college grads work in their field of study. Which now, And now 42% of grads would like a do-over and to learn a new skill set. If someone or you, your own high school graduate is considering college, there needs to be a plan for the big question, which is why are you going to college? Because college should not be the place to grow to go to grow up, to find out who you are, figure out some interests this person may have, explore different majors, and float along while having a lot of inebriated fun on the weekends attending college sporting events, and and finding yourself. Well, all these things might be appealing and part of the college experience to any young adult trapped between high school and adulthood. It will cost a boatload of money. The average in-state student going to a public four-year college or university in the United States spends approximately $25,864 per year, according to educationdata.org. This $25,000 per year is a very expensive way to figure out what to do in life, which is why many college grads graduate with degrees with no earning power and no plan to pay it back, getting useless degrees for jobs that don't exist. And the College Guidance Counselor's Office is the last place to go to find any help on choosing the best major or how to graduate in four years. Because they would love for you to be a student there for as long as possible, paying t- tuition and fees for as long as possible, way past the scheduled four years. 56%, like I said, fifty 56% of those entering college will not finish in four years. And the universities enjoy this long stay, collecting more tuition, more housing dollars, and other fees from the students, driving the student loan debt even higher. So why are so many young people encouraged And really, it's assumed that they will go to college after high school, when 40% of all college freshmen drop out in that first year. Many of these people should not have even started college in the first place. And if college only delivers a 60% success rate, why do so many line up to get in? Can you just imagine that if this was a real life scenario, that only 60% of automobiles purchased were still running after one year? Or if only 60% of all text messages made it to their destination. Or only 60% of food that was purchased was worth eating. Or if only 60% of all computers that were purchased worked. No one would stand for this. When I was in school, if the grade on an assignment was 60%, that was an F. This is the performance level of colleges and universities today in America. So let's get back to this blight of student loan debt and how this is affecting approximately 46 million Americans who are currently carrying student loan debt. Like I said earlier, $1.75 trillion are as outstanding in student loan debt. It's about $29,000 owed per borrower, and about 92% of all student debt are federal loans. And I'll get to this later in the podcast about how Obama really set a lot of people up for failure making a lot of student loan debt from government loans instead of the private sector loaning students money. But many of these teenagers don't realize is for more than half of them, this will result in a debt that will take on average 20 years to repay. If you go and buy a home, they offer you mortgage rates at 15 and 30 years. And a lot of the smart people choose 15 years on a mortgage to pay it back. But the average time to pay back a student loan debt is 20 years. So how does someone get out from under all this debt? If someone attempts thinking, well, I'll declare bankruptcy and that'll erase the debt. Well, according to the law, you won't. According to the law, student loan debt is not forgiven while declaring bankruptcy. You will not escape them through bankruptcy. Under President George W. Bush in 2005, he signed into law a bill into law called the Bankruptcy Abuse Prevention and Consumer Protection Act of 2005. And this is so typical of government. We're going we're to give it a super big long name so nobody really understands what's going on here. But under this law, it's almost impossible to escape student loan debt. Even under Chapter 7 bankruptcy laws, which is the bankruptcy law that says it requires a complete liquidation of all assets to attempt to get out of debt, this still will not resolve the fact that student loan debt needs to be repaid. And then President Obama came along, and probably the worst president in my lifetime after President Jimmy Carter, but that's another podcast. Anyway, President Obama expanded this crisis, adding $1 trillion. Of student loan debt being now owed to the federal government. Before this time, many student loans were loans that originated from private institutions and private lenders. And then in 2010, Obama eliminated the federal guaranteed loan program, which let private lenders offer student loans at low interest rates. So Obama eliminated the ability for a private lender to loan money to students. Now, the Department of Education, another bureaucracy in our government, is the only place to go for such loans. And Obama sold this government takeover of the student loan industry, and yes, it's an industry, as a way to save money. Why bear the costs of guaranteeing private loans, he said. Why would the government guarantee private loans when the government could itself cut out the middleman and lend the money itself and get the interest itself? Well, the cost savings didn't happen. In fact, the Congressional Budget Office just increased its 10-year forecast to the loan program's costs by $27 billion, or, or 30%. The result of President Obama doing this between 2010 and 2015 resulted in the federal direct student loan debt climbing by more than $100 billion in just those five years alone. So basically what he set up is the, for the federal government to fund colleges and universities. And through all this, Obama encouraged the irresponsibility on the part of student borrowers. Leftists like Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders constantly talk as if student debt were an unfair burden they, that these people unknowingly had foisted upon them. Well, it's something the government wants is the enslaving of the next generation to debt. Now, 46 million people owe money in the form of student loan debt. And the verse in Proverbs is becoming a reality because the borrower is slave to the lender. So millions of Americans are now slaves to the U.S. government. And there really is no way to get rid of this debt except by paying it back. And the socialists and Marxists amongst us enjoy Americans being enslaved to all this debt as we slide away from financial independence as a people and as a nation, to being needy people of the government programs that are offered, driving our country further and further into debt. And I've been doing a lot of reading and research on this topic, and Charlie Kirk has just come out with a new book entitled College Scam. And in it, he outlines in great detail the student loan debt problem. And he states in his book, College Scam, now... I'm quoting, now people in their 60s owe $86 billion of that debt because they are paying off the student loan debt of their children, now adults, who they helped to go to college agreeing to accumulate debt for their own kids. Charlie Kirk also states that 40,000 retirees are having their social security checks garnished to pay off student loans that they took for their kids. This is crazy. They're having to come out of retirement and to work, these retirees, because they still are paying student loan debt, sometimes their own, and sometimes, usually, it's the debt that they took on so their kids could go to college, of which only 60% graduated, and of the 60% that graduated, only 40% are glad they went. This is a corrupt system, and this student loan debt is a blight on America and we have to teach the next generation of high school kids be very careful before thinking about entering a university without a solid plan to pay it back and without a solid plan of what major to even choose and spend your time on because will it be worth it once you have once you graduate will you be able to find a job in the major that you've graduated in and so many students who have that college diploma do not even work in their field of study. But they paid over $100,000 in some cases to get that piece of paper, to get that diploma. This is crazy. We have to start thinking about the colleges and universities differently. So we guard against that all these new kids, this is approximately 1 million kids that enter college every year in the United States of America. We have to figure out a way that they don't do this blindly walking into, on average, 20 years of paying off a student loan debt. If you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you listen on, and please share it with a friend. My husband and I have been debt-free since about 2003 or 2004. Can't really remember. And that is the year that we paid off our home mortgage, so probably 20 years ago. And I remember going into the bank, you know, this is way before everybody had a home computer, and I walked into the bank and I went up to the teller and I said, what is the balance to pay off the rest of this mortgage on our home loan? And she told me, and I wrote out the check, and I gave her the check, and she gave me a receipt over the counter, and she said, Thank you very much. And I walked out of the bank. And I just thought that simple, tiny act there was no fanfare, there was no congratulations, there was no, nobody even noticed except my husband and I had this plan. But the freedom that we have felt these last 20 years of laying our head on the pillow each night and we have no debt. And the freedom to do what we want and go where we want and just the improvement in our marriage has been huge because we are not beholden to anybody but the Lord and it is wonderful. So I would encourage you, do whatever it takes to get out of debt Because to be debt-free is amazing.